from Strongsville, Ohio, the pastor of the Strongsville Christian Church, Pastor Joseph Kalini. Amen. You guys look good in God's house today. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I'm happy to be here and excited to share the word of God. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking that old saying that there's a blessing in the pressing. And uh, sometimes we're excited to come to church and we can't wait to anchor our feet in God's house. And then there's other days where we don't feel like going to church. And uh, there's some challenges, there's some obstacles and trials and then we pierce through and we go to church anyways, and then we get a victory that we would not have discovered had we have pulled back on the things of God. Amen. And so as Christians, we have to train our minds to pierce through into the things of God. Amen. There are times when the things of God are easy. There are th times when the things of God are convenient. And then there are times where it's not convenient. It's a challenge. It's a trial. It's an obstacle. But no matter what, amen, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. So Christ will strengthen you. Amen. We just have to have that mind. We have to condition our minds. Amen. Bring our bodies under subjection. Amen. And uh, that's what we're doing in Strongsville Christian Church is we are not subject to our flesh. Our flesh is subject to the spirit and the word of God. Amen. Amen. The other thing I want to leave with you is that, um, you know, as we praise God, there's some same thing with praising God, you know, same thing with uh, coming to church. A lot of things in uh, God or Christianity. When we praise God, sometimes we're just in the mood to praise God. Life is good and toes are tapping and hands are clapping and life is peaches, rainbows and butterflies. And we want to praise God. But then there's other times where we're not in the mood to praise God. We're not feeling it. How many of you know we need to praise God even when we're not feeling it? Even when your body is aching, it's in pain, your mind is tormented with thoughts and all hell is breaking loose, that's even how much more, when we're not feeling it, that we need to use the weapon of praise against the enemy. And so you see, there was a time where Saul in the Old Testament was literally demon-possessed and David played the music, and the music caused the demons to leave him alone. So the Bible, it is actually biblical for us to clap hands. Amen? I know we clap hands for the Browns. I know we clap hands for the Indians, for the Cavs. I know we clap hands when we get a raise at work. But how much more should we clap hands in God's house for a God who died on the cross. Amen. And I know sometimes we don't feel like lifting up holy hands. But how many know the Bible says it instructs us to lift up holy hands to the Lord. Amen. So we have to train ourselves. Stop worrying about what people are doing to the left and to the right. Well, they ain't lifting up holy hands. Forget them. It's about God. Amen. 
I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise the Lord. Amen. That's a song. Amen. I didn't come here to be cute and cuddly. I didn't come here to look good. I came here to worship the living God. Amen. Welcome to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3.16, someone say all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. How many know the word of God is profitable? Amen. The word of God is profitable for doctrine. Does every raise your hand if you if you know what doctrine means? What does doctrine mean? Someone shout it out. What's doctrine mean? Yes. Yes. What else? What is it? Authority in God's word. Anybody else? Oh, so the most, you guys were all right, but the most accurate of the word doctrine is a teaching. So that's what doctrine means. It means a teaching. So there are some teachings from the Bible that are true, and there are some false doctrines or teachings that are not true. Amen? And so we need the Holy Spirit to rightfully divide the Word of God, to separate the true teachings from the false teachings. I'm going to tell you, we live in a day and age, the Bible says that there's going to be doctrines of devils, which is to take us, they will use the word of God, but it will take us away from the truth or the inspiration of God. And so we have to be careful who we listen to. And see, we live in a dangerous time right now because there are a million teachers. The Bible says you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. Amen? The Bible also talks about that there's going to be hired help. I support, strongly, aggressively believe pastors ought to be paid. As the Bible says, don't muzzle the ox. Amen. The laborer is worthy of his roar. So pastors should get paid. There's a blessing in that. Amen. But there are some pastors that if you pulled their pay, you would never see them ever again. If this church never gave a penny for the, the until Jesus came back, I'm still going to be up here preaching. If I don't get paid anything, I'm going to be up here preaching the word of God. I believe it's proper that you ought to want to pay your pastor and bless the man of God. But how many of you know if you don't, that ain't going to even slow me down because I'm not here as a hired help. I'm here from an anointing and a calling of God. Amen. And so the Bible talks about the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, which is teachings. And for reproof, which simply means correction, or for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all 
preaching and teaching should be instructing us in righteousness. And there are some teachers that teach you into unrighteousness. They tell you, go ahead and keep sinning. It's okay. Don't worry about the sin. I got to tell you, they are going to have to give a greater account for the lies or even the confusion and what they're doing. If I tell you that it's okay to sin, then the blood is on my hands, the Bible says. It says even to the other extent, if you don't warn them of their sin, the blood will be on your hands. Amen. I say that to say this. I love you and God loves you. But be extremely careful in who you listen to. There are a lot of horrible, horrible, horrible teachers. Amen. It says that the man of God or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So inspiration of God, it propels us, inspires us to do good works. It inspires us for a righteous lifestyle. Amen. The Bible calls Jonah a preacher of righteousness. Amen. Someone say, I am unrighteous outside of God, but in God, his righteousness blooms in my daily life. Amen. What is inspiration? The process of being mentally stimulated. You see, this just come to me at this moment. There are a lot of things in this life that are designed and created to rob us of inspiration. Where we are on a train of the world's inspiration. There are a lot of gadgets, technologies, entertainment, worldly systems, worldly devices that suck out the inspiration of God, which is to lead us down a righteous life. Amen. And so it says the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something especially to do something creative, innovation, ingenuity, imagination, originality, vision, brilliance, sophistication. And I find this really uh, interesting. The other word for inspiration is breathing in. Breathing in. Inhalation respiration so do you think of inspiration as breathing in because inspiration it comes from the spirit of the word of god when we breathe see we don't just come to church we don't just hear the word of god we breathe in the word of god and it gives us life 
Amen. I, I'm telling you, it is easier to serve God than to serve the devil. It's easy to obey God than live a life of sin. I'm a witness of that. Amen. People inspired by the world resist God. And people inspired by God resist the world. Amen. I spent half of my life resisting God. Amen. I didn't want nothing to do with God. I only wanted the world. I wanted the pleasures of the world, the, the sin of the world, the lust of the eye, the pleasures of sin, the pride of life. I wanted the things of the world, and so I resisted the things of God. I didn't want to go to church. I hated church. Didn't want to fellowship with Christians. Definitely didn't want no pastor telling me how to live my life. But now that I'm inspired by God, I resist the things of the world. The things of the world cannot replace the things of God. They can't replace it. I don't get joy going out to a club the way I do when I go to God's house. Amen? In Numbers 21.4, it says, They traveled from Mount or whore along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. How many know that's a sign of worldliness is when we get impatient? How many know when we're inspired by God, one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience? How many know when you're inspired by the world, one of the fruits of the world is impatient. And when you get impatient, you start to resist the things of God and the people of God and the leaders of God. And it says, but the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. They were literally eating miracle food. They were eating manna from heaven, which was literally a miracle. They just got delivered from years of slavery and bondage and oppression they were literally held captives their entire families were slaves in Egypt and God not only did he deliver them from slavery he killed off it the, their enemies he literally destroyed their enemies he literally repaid them he forced them to pay he said, take silver and gold with you. They loaded up their donkeys and their camels and their animals, and they were loaded with all the silver and the wealth of Egypt. They were repaid for their years of slavery. They had food. They had all types of things. 
God literally made the Red Sea split for them. God destroyed all their enemies. And after that, he literally made manna from heaven come down. The Bible says it tasted sweet like honey. And then they got to a point where they became worldly. And instead of being inspired by the things of God, they became inspired by the world. And they started to resist God. They started to despise their blessings. They started to despise the leadership that God used to lead them. You see, we can walk with God and allow the world to inspire us. You see, there are a lot of churches throughout this country that they allow the world to inspire how they are going to flow in the service, what they're going to preach, what they're going to teach, when they're going to open, when they're going to close, how they're going to worship. They allow the world, the influence of unbiblical things. They use tricks and tactics and they allow it to inspire the church. Someone say, not on my watch. And they spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, no water. We detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes. Some will say there is a direct correlation between the words that you speak and actions that you see. There is a direct connection between the words that come out of your mouth and manifestations of things that you see around you. If you are surrounded by snakes, it could be that you spoken those snakes into existence by resisting the people of God, the word of God, the leadership of God, and God himself. Those snakes didn't just get there for no reason. It says the Lord sent venomous snakes. You see, we opened up doors for the enemy to come into our life when we start to detest our life. When we become miserable towards the things of our life, we open up. Now, the devil has no permission to come near you. He has no authority. He can't even mess up your hair without permission from the almighty God. But we open up the door for the enemy through our complaining. And you could see that it is crucial that the words that we speak are inspired by God and not your logic, not your emotions, not your flesh, not the world. The Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit 
the people and many Israelites die. God always inspires his people to repent of their sin. Amen. This is actually how you know that the church that you're going to is really inspired by God or inspired by the world. A worldly church will never tell you to repent of your sin. And how many know Jesus did not die on the cross for excuses? He did not die on the cross so that we can justify sin or excuse our sin or get permission to keep sinning. He only and exclusively died on the cross for those who repent of their sin. The Bible says in Numbers 21.7, it says the people came to Moses and said, and I love this, because it takes so much humility to admit you were wrong, to repent of your sin. And the people came to Moses and said, we sinned. You see, that is what inspiration from God will do. But sometimes we don't get inspired to come back to God until the devil bites us. Amen. David said, by reason of my affliction, before I was afflicted, the Bible says I went astray. And so sometimes we go through affliction and that affliction causes us to be inspired by God. We have sinned. We have spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. God inspires his people to restore others and heal others. Amen. This is my number one job as a pastor is to restore those who need to be restored, to bring you back into a place or a relationship with Jesus Christ, where you no longer walk in condemnation. You no longer walk in guilt. You no longer walk in shame, but you walk and you go to the throne of grace with boldness. God inspires his people to restore others and heal others. The Bible says in Numbers 21, 8, it says the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Now, I find it fascinating that God did not just remove the snakes because it had he have removed the snakes, he would not have needed to create a pole. You see, had God removed the devil, Jesus would not have had to have died on the cross. 
So why didn't God just remove the devil? Well, I'm going to tell you he is going to remove the devil. The devil has a short term. But why does he allow the devil to roam? Well, because he gives us free will. You see, come up here, Sister Rhonda. You see, my relationship with my wife, right, is a good relationship. But if I say that I only love my wife and I remove all the other women on the planet of Earth, I remove all the women on the planet of the earth, and I say, well, now I really love my wife. Well, I know you do. There's no other options. She's the only woman on earth. Of course you love her. You have no other choice. Thank you, Sister Rhonda. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Fine presentation. Is it possible that Satan is roaming around as evidence that even though we could choose to allow Satan to be our father, we choose to allow God to be our father, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just a thought. Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. You see, and that snake that was wrapped up on the pole, don't you know that's symbolic of Jesus defeating the devil on the cross? Our victory was won on the cross. Amen. The Bible says just as Moses lifted up the cross, he lifted up the pole, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. And you could see that this is a shadow of what is yet to come. That by the cross, what was done on the cross, we have healing. We have victory. We are delivered. It don't matter how many times the devil bites us. It don't matter how many times the enemy attacks us. All we have to do is look up to what was done on that glorious cross, and we will find ourselves healed in the name of Jesus, delivered in the name of Jesus, set free in the name of Jesus, and more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Someone say, I'm inspired by God. I don't need the devil to bite me. I'm already inspired. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on the pole. And when anyone was bitten by a snake, they looked at the bronze snake and they lived. When we receive a word from God, it inspires us to inspire others to hear the word of God. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you almost, I'm going to say every single person here, with maybe an exception between one person, maybe, you have all brought people to this church, to the glory of God. God used you to bring people to this church right here. But how did that happen? Why did that happen? 
It was because God used you. You were inspired by the word of God that you heard, and it inspired you at such a level that you had. You had to go out and tell other people about Strongsville Christian Church. Amen. This is what inspiration does. It, even if you don't want to tell other people, you have to. Because you get inspired. You get excited. Amen. When we receive a word from God, it inspires us to inspire others to hear God. In John 4.25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. This was not a perfect woman. This was not a holy woman. This was not a Jewish woman. This was not a religious lady. This was a woman with five husbands, and the one that was at her house, she was not married to, a.k.a. adultery, sinner, wicked sinner. And yet she found grace at the well. She found forgiveness at the well. She found inspiration at the well. How many of you know God is calling us to come to the well, to drink the living waters of God, so that waters like rivers of water will flow from our belly because when we are inspired, there will be inspiration that is birthed out of our belly and it will affect everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. In John 4, 28, it says, Then, leaving her water, and I like that detail, she came to the well for natural water. She left the natural water there, and she brought the living water with her. You know, sometimes you have to leave your water at the well. I know you came there with one intention, but God will bring you with a new inspiration that's greater than the intention that you came with. She left her water jar. See, when you get inspired by God, God will have you leave things behind. He'll have you leave things in the past. He'll have you leave your burdens at the well. The people who have hurt you and disrespected you and did you wrong and wounded you and wounded people that you love and, and, and hurt you, you will leave those things at the well when you are inspired of God. She left her water jar. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. There was something about her inspiration that the people looked past her past. 
They look past her sin. They look past her faults, her weakness, her mistakes. There was something about her inspiration of God that compelled the people to stop looking at her and listen to what she was saying. And it compelled them to make their way. She didn't even say this is the Messiah. She threw it out there. Could this be the Messiah? Next time I invite someone to church, I'm going to say, could God be healing people at Strongsville Christian Church? Could it be happening? Could there be freedom? Could there be deliverance? Could there be salvation? Could there be power? I don't know. Could it be? Maybe you ought to go for yourself and find out what's going down in Strongsville. I don't know. I heard they lift up the name of Jesus. I heard they stand on the word of God. I heard they don't limit the Holy Ghost. I heard all is welcome but the devil. And you ain't he. Come on down. And they came out to the town, out of the town, and made their way toward him. You see, when you're inspired by God, you'll make your way out of town to get to the inspiration of God. We are inspired by God when we become a holy ghost magnet for a lost soul. Someone say, I'm a Holy Ghost magnet. And you are. Amen. Every single one of you here, you are a Holy Ghost magnet. What does that mean? That means your wicked family, your heathen loved ones, they're not going to resist the Holy Ghost magnet within your soul. They're going to get saved. They're going to get free. They're going to get out of that dead church that don't preach the truth. I'm telling you, every single one of you, you are a Holy Ghost magnet. They will try to resist you, but they can't. They'll see there's something within you that's different than other people. You are a Holy Ghost. Someone say, I am a Holy Ghost I am a Holy Ghost magnet. Amen. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And as you lift up Jesus, you're a Holy Ghost magnet on your job, in your family, at Aldi's. Amen. At the park, Holy Ghost magnet. They'll see there's something different about you. How come you're smiling when everyone else is depressed? How come you got joy when other people are defeated? How come you walk around with hope when there is no hope in this world? Because I'm not inspired by sight. I'm inspired by faith. I don't walk by what I see. I walk by what I don't see. The kingdom of heaven is all around. And it is at hand. And it's time that you get on board with the Holy Ghost train because he's taking off in Jesus' name.
When we are inspired by God, we become a Holy Ghost magnet for souls. You know, when I first got saved, I would go and walk at Tri-C, and people would come up to me, and they would open up and tell me things that they had never told anyone else, and they would say, I've never told anyone this before, but there is something about you that I feel led to tell you these things. And they would tell me things, and I would point them to the healer. I would tell them to stop looking at the snake and look up to the look up to Jesus Christ for where your help comes from Holy Ghost magnet John 439 many of the Samaritans some would say many magnetization for salvation magnetization for salvation everywhere you go you are a magnet and as they see something different within you don't you dare try to suck up the glory don't you dare try to steal the credit from the Lord as they are drawn to you, it is our duty, our training to say, there is something within me that you recognize. That one that's in me is the Holy Ghost, Christ. It's the blood of Jesus that is on me that you recognize. You don't know that you recognize it, but you see, you see it, but you don't see it. It's Jesus. And you can have him too. For a simple price of repentance, faith, and grace. It's the best deal you'll ever get. And so when the Samaritans come to him, They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Can you imagine that? Off of the woman with five husbands, no husbands, off of her word, they were inspired by God. That tells me how much more for us who don't have five husbands, should they be inspired by our word? How much more? Many of the Samaritans from that town believed on him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. How many of you know many are going to believe because of your testimony? Every single one of you under the sound of my voice have a testimony that is going to be a Holy Ghost magnet that is going to draw many into the kingdom. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him and to stay with them. And he stayed two days. 
You know, let me back up to that. I, I really, really love the sovereignty of God. I love the all power of God. But what I despise is the false doctrine and the abuse of sovereignty. Saying that, well, if I keep sinning, it's the sovereignty of God. He could have made me stop. The devil is a lawyer. But what I want to emphasize is that look at what this says right here. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed. Yes, God is sovereign, but you can also inspire God. Yeah, we're inspired of God. We're inspired by God. But not only are we inspired by God, but we can inspire God to move or stay through our faith, through our desperation, through our hunger, through our thirst for him. He is also inspired when he sees the hungry saints of God. He didn't have to stay. Jesus was inspired by them to stay. When we come to God's house, are you inspiring God to stay in this house? Are, are you lifting up holy hands? Are you praising Him? Are you worshiping Him? Are you giving Him all your faith, all your love, all the praise, everything that you got? Are you inspiring God to stay for two days? Because two days with the Lord, the Bible says the day with the Lord is as a thousand years. God can put you 2,000 years ahead by two days of the presence of God. He will fast track you, set you ahead. Someone say inspiration of God. John 4, 41. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. It's good that our grandpappy was a pastor our great-great-great-grandpappy was a deacon. It's good that our dad was a preacher. But how many of you know that we could only ride on the back of our parents' faith for so long? It's time for us to get our own faith in God, get our own walk with God, get our own salvation in God. Amen. Get our own inspiration from God. It's good that we listen to preachers and teachers, but we need to listen to God directly. You see, sometimes I shut the YouTube off. I shut the Facebook down, shut my phone down, shut the TV down. I just want to go into my prayer closet, my secret place. I want to go in here directly from the throne of God. God, I want you to speak to me through the Holy Ghost. I want you to speak to me and inspire me. What will you have me to do? 
In Jesus' name. I, I, I like hearing from Pastor. He's a good preacher. But I want to hear directly from you. I want you to speak to my soul. Tell me that it's all good. When we are inspired by God's word, it births hope, healing, and the power in our life. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Now, I, I got to tell you, this man was a high-ranking official. He was a soldier. He was an officer. And the way that Jesus spoke to him was in a disrespectful fashion. You see, sometimes God himself will disrespect you to see if you will humble yourself. Because what I learned that it, a lot of times to get healing, it takes humility. I got to tell you, if I'm not feeling good, I have to humble myself to call another pastor. Pastor so-and-so, can you pray for me, please? It humbles you. It takes humility to ask for prayer. The Bible says, let the sick and afflicted call for the elders of the church that they may lay hands on them that they may be healed that the affection fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much but it takes humility to call the elders of the church i'll just anoint myself pray for myself yeah you could do that I'm not, no one's mad at you but how much more humility does it take and i know when you got to go, dur, dur, dur. can you pray for me again? Hey, and, and, and it is in your dirt that God sees your heart and he sees your humility. Because look at what he said. He didn't say, y'all yeah, go down. Where, where do you want me to go? He didn't say that. He said, go. Almost like, get away from me. Because that was his opportunity as an officer to say, who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? God said, I know exactly who you are. That's why I told you to go. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word. See, when we are inspired by God, we take Jesus at his word. If 
the Bible says by his stripes I am healed, then that needs to be your declaration. By his stripes I am healed. Well, maybe you don't feel good. Who cares how you feel? God doesn't care about your symptoms, how you feel, what it looks like. He cares about your declaration. By his stripes I am healed. Amen. You have a right to claim healing over your life. And it don't matter how you feel, claim what you believe. And he took him at his word. The, look at what it says. He said, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. He didn't ask for any signs, any evidence, any proof. He didn't uh, call, he didn't have phones back then, but he didn't send a pigeon to find out what was happening. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still, while he was still on the way, the servants met him with the news that the boy was living. John 4.52. It says, when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday... At one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And so he and his whole household believed. Did you ever think that God wants to give you a healing so that not only because he doesn't want you tortured, not only does he want you suffering, but he actually wants to heal you so that your household will believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God wants to reward you, but he wants to use you to inspire other people so that others believe. Glory to God. I remember when I prayed in my grandma's attic for my grandma to get healed of stage four cancer. I remember I went up there and I prayed and I prayed and they said she only had days to live and God gave me a vision through the prayer and I told everyone that God healed her. And I told my mom, I told my pastor, I told my friends, I told her. And I got to tell you, every person I told, they didn't see any value in me. I wasn't a pastor at the time. I wasn't even a deacon at the time. I wasn't any type of church person. I was just a man of God who believed in the promises of God. And I prayed and God gave me a vision. I told everyone. They all said, yes, yeah, sure he did. Sure, he did. And these were Christians. And the next day, she went to Metro, and the cancer, stage four cancer, was totally gone. And I had to go back to all those people that I told that God healed her. It was a miracle. And I got to tell you, God is still doing those same things in 2023 he's got healings that are right now at hand he's got miracles that are right now at hand they're ripe for the plucking amen 
And so his whole household believed. Sometimes people need to see something. They need to see something. And 54 says, and this was the second sign Jesus performed after the coming of Judah and Galilee. They are no longer sinners, but they are saints. They are a chosen priesthood. They are a royal generation. They are engrafted in through Jesus Christ to the promises of Abraham. They if you're watching this and you're deciding, um, should you serve God? Does God have more for me? Even if you might find yourself believing that you're serving God, but you're living a double mind, you're straddling the fence, you're going back and forth, you're not really fully committed, I got to tell you, it's better with God. I, I've lived on the side of evil. I know what it's like to be have a heart full of hatred, greed, uh, you know, sinful life. And I got to tell you, it's better with God. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you get right with God, God has things that you cannot imagine. But I want to ask you, uh, just repeat after me. Father God, Father I'm God, asking you now asking to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins right now. I want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he paid the price that I could not pay. I plead the blood of Jesus over me, and I'm asking that Jesus Christ would now be my new Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross, rose again three days later because he loved me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you've prayed that prayer and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is done. Now you have to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit yes. so he could lead you, guide you, and comfort you yes. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Name of your church and the address. We have enough time to get that in. Order. It's Strongsville Christian Church, Pentecostal. It's in 19132 Temple Drive, and that's in Strongsville, Ohio. It's off of a main road. Most people know Pearl Road. Right. Pearl. And when are your service times? Uh, we have service times Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. And if for some reason you're not able to physically come, we do live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. And you could just go to Strongsville Christian Church uh, Facebook and you'll be able to catch that. make the devil pay until we are free from slavery. In Exodus 12, 35, it says the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for the articles of silver and gold and for clothing. And the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. And so they plundered 
the Egyptians. And I looked so up that word plundered. That word plundered was used in multiple different versions of the Bible, which lets me know that God really wanted us to understand that they plundered the Egyptians. Basically, what that means is once they became free, it was now time to make the devil pay for their slavery. But you can't yet receive your payday while you're still a slave. You can't yet make the devil pay while you're a slave. You first have to leave slavery in order to incur your inheritance or what is due as a result of your freedom. You see, even the child who was a prodigal child, he did not receive more until he came back to his father. Even though he squandered and he wasted all of his wealth, it says that he went in riotous living and partying. And he wasted and blabbered and blundered and, and messed up all of his resources. And then he was begging to eat what the pigs were eating, but he could not yet receive payday because he was still yet away from his father it wasn't until he came back to his father that the father greeted him with a coat that gave him a fatted calf that put a ring on his finger when you come back to God there is a payday that's waiting for you but a lot of times we don't want to come back to God and we want payday. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to live like the devil and be blessed in Jesus' name. But it don't work. It's time to repent and come back to God and get right and receive. Back to plundered. Plundered means to pillage. These Israelites, these Jewish people, these chosen of God, they pillaged pillaged it means riotous looting robbing they, if you were you could replace that word plundered and replace it robbed they robbed the egyptians they plundered them. They pillaged them. God is going to make the devil pay for every tear you shed, for every cry that you cried, for every pain that you went through. God is going to make the devil pay for it all in Jesus' name. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I don't care if the devil moves one strand of hair out of place. He is going to pay. I don't care if the devil comes around you with bad breath. He's going to regret not having mints in his mouth. God is going to make him pay for everything. Hold Can on. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh, no. Holy oh, Spirit, oh, no. activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Holy Spirit, activate. Oh, no. Holy oh, Spirit, oh, no. activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Hold on. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh no. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Holy Spirit, activate. Oh no. Holy Spirit, activate. 